Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Aren't you glad to be in church tonight? Thank you, worship team. You guys do a great job. So, uh, yeah, go ahead and give them a hand. They deserve that for sure. So, guys, I'm, I'm really excited to uh, preach tonight. Um, how, like, I feel right now like I do when I get a babysitter. I get to take my wife out on a date, and I don't have to have my son. I love my son, but sometimes it just needs to be me and my wife or me and friends, and I get to be undistracted. The youth are in the youth room with Alex, and he's going to be preaching a word to them. And that means I get to be with you guys undistracted. So usually they're in here. We do a student takeover or they're in here and I'm worrying like, hey, are you listening to me? You know, you also represent me right now. Like, got to make sure I'm a good leader. So I'm really excited that they, not that they're not in here. They've just heard this before. So it's going to be really good tonight. So I just want to open up in prayer and uh, we'll get this going. So Father God, we just, we thank you so much, God. God, we thank you for your presence God, we thank you for, God, we just thank you for what you've done for us in and through our life, God. I just pray, Lord, that the word that is about ready to be spoken, God, is from you. God, you put a word on my heart. God, I just pray, like, right now, God, that this seed plants in good soil. God, that there is a harvest that we will be able to see from this day, God. And we just thank you for what you're going to do in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, I have a message that um, I've learned in my short amount of time preaching that a message is best received when it's come from a place of, when it's, my, when it's my heart connecting with your heart, not my head connecting with your head. When my, when my heart, when the, when the message is coming from something that God has worked through me, it's better um, received and, and God is able to work through it a little bit better. So what I'm about ready to, I'm, I'm about ready to be a little bit vulnerable and, and show you what, uh, which is maybe a little scary because you get to look inside my brain, which, you know, that might be a little bit scary. But tonight is, is, is something that God has, walk, it has walked me through and something that he is going to continue to walk me through. And so, uh, the, the title of tonight's message is Securely Insecure. So God kind of dropped that. Here's the funny thing. I was looking at, like whenever I get a good idea, like a good sermon title, I put it in my, I create a Word document. I have a template. And I go in, I put it in the, in the title. And then whether I have scripture or anything, it's just, hey, that's a great title. I'll make something work for that. Uh, I looked at, when I was writing this, I looked, God gave me that title about three years ago, and I never, and I never wrote anything for it, and then as God kind of worked this process through me, and is continuing, like, oh, that's what, God, I can see you working this out three years ago, so tonight I want to, oh, if you, if you have your Bibles, open up to, or if you have your phone, there's always Bibles on there, open up to Philippians chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 6, I'm going to read this first. And then we're going to come back to it. Philippians chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 6. And I'm reading out of the New King James. So starting in verse 6, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your uh, requests be known 
to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. Let me, let's, I'm going to stop there. How many in the room have ever experienced anxiety before? Okay, if you're not raising your hand, God sees you. I tend to find in my life, my, my anxiety, what I get stressed out about, is directly rooted in my insecurity. Directly. Not kind of, but it's like, I'm anxious, why am I anxious? Oh, I, there, there's more bills coming out than money coming in. That means I'm a poor husband because I can't provide for the bills. That's an insecurity, right? So my, the, the root of my anxiety is right smack dab in the, in the middle of my insecurity. And, and I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, no, Andy. The root of my anxiety is the fact that my boss drives me crazy. My bank account is overdrafted than full of money. And I got more bills coming out than coming in. And if you had all of that, you'd be anxious too, right? Problem is, what I just listed is what I go through. And so that is the root of that, that, that my circumstances often, I like to try to blame my circumstances for my anxiety, but the truth is my anxiety comes from my insecurity. And when I, when I look at the definition of uh, anxiety, it's, it's this, it's experiencing worry, unease, nervousness, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. So if you're, if you're still questioning whether you get anxious or not, these are some syn synonyms. If you don't like the word anxiety, it's worried, apprehensive, fearful, uneasy, or just discontent. So I think I've covered the bases and proven that we all, to some degree, maybe not are overwhelmed by anxiety, but definitely it's something that gets triggered. Would you, would you guys agree with that? Okay, good. Now, when we look at insecurity, the definition of insecurity is uncertain or anxiety about oneself or a general lack of self-confidence. So if we're going to, like the scripture says, be anxious for nothing, and we've seen that our anxiety is most oftentimes rooted in our insecurity, we need to define some of the symptoms of our insecurity. We're going to take a test. How many, when's the last time anybody took a test? Uh, we're going to take a test. I'm not going to pass out. You just make a note in your brain, okay? I'm going to list some things off, some, some symptoms. Let's, let's pretend I'm a doctor and I'm going to, you're coming into my office and I'm going to say, hey, do you have this symptom, this symptom, right? So first symptom of anxiety is a little thing called comparison. We tend to compare our lives. Well, let me just say this. Let's not say we. I'll just say I. I tend to compare myself to others. And what I'm doing, I'm asking myself this simple question, and it's this. It's, are they better than me or am I better than them? Do they have more or do I have more? And the root of that is coming from a place of competition. Because when I, com when I, when I compare, I'm seeing who's better. And then if I lack, I either do one of two things. I undermine their success well, see, they got that because, you know, their, their dad made some smart decisions and they left them a whole, if I got a whole bunch of money, I'd, I'd be successful too. So we undermine other people's success or what we do 
is we come at it from, we try to justify why we don't have that success. We do one of those two things. And that, that leads right into a trap of competition. And then we get into a little thing called compensation. So we often feel like, we often feel like a V word, it's called victim. We often feel like a victim of, of our circumstances. And the reason why, you know, we, once again, we're trying to justify and, and compensate or overcompensate. If you, if you couldn't tell, I really don't need this microphone. So I tend to overcompensate by being really loud, being really aggressive, because what's happening inside of me is my insecurities are going through the roof. I don't know if you can relate with that. Or what we do is we, comp we compensate in the reverse and we get really quiet. We get really in our shell. I know I'm cheering you guys up so much right now. Trust me, this is, this is just for point one and there's, the other two are great, I promise. So if we get to a play, once we get done with, if we can't, if, if we can't you know, if we can't accommodate, what we're going to do is control. We make, we take charge, or we manipulate the people around us, even manipulate our own thought pattern to force into a mold what makes us feel the most comfortable. If, I, if you intimidate me, or if you are making my insecurity bells go off, I'm going to become larger, larger than life so that I can control your response to make me feel better. Because at the end of the day, when we're insecure, what we're really trying to do is soothe self. That wasn't even in there. That was really good. Good job. Just kidding. It was not. Got a little bit of insecurity coming out, my dad said. I kept better hearing than you. The problem is, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot one. It's my favorite one. It's conforming. This is oftentimes, this is what I probably struggle with the most is I conform to the people around me. And that's very dangerous. Because of what we're doing is we're abdicating our role as Christians to be leaders. I've done that probably my entire life. I, I, I become a chameleon to whoever I'm around. If I'm around super spiritual people, I can hang. If I'm around really car carnal people, I can hang too. It's all rooted in the fact that I struggle with some insecurities. The problem is, is that we, we kind of treat our insecurities like a security blanket. Oliver, right now, he doesn't really have a security blanket. He has a security shirt. And it's a, it's a paw, it's a, what is it? It's a paw power. It's a, just this, a dog on it, and it, it's really kind of cool. It has Velcro things on the, on the shoulders, and he has a cape. And it's so dirty. It's white, or it, used to, it pretends to be white. And because no amount of washing or bleach is going to get that back white because he likes to go outside and play in the dirt and all that stuff. So we try to, we kind of, it's, it, it's what he feels strong and powerful with. And so we use our insecurities as a security blanket to feel strong and powerful. And we actually believe some lies. Lie number one is we believe it's who I am. We've either... We, we, these insecurities are so deep-rooted inside of us that we make, we make justifi justifications by saying, well, it's, this is who I am. And then we go take it one step further, and this is line number two, is it goes, it's really not my problem. Because if my insecurity is affecting you, 
I don't have to fix it. You have to deal with it. So it's not really my problem. So I have no responsibility in it. And the last one is, well, I, okay. I, I see the fact that it may be a problem. I can't, you know, I'm always arguing with everyone around me, so I'm the common denominator, so maybe I need to fix it. But you know what the truth is, and this is the third lies, it's always been this way and it's always gonna be this way. So why bother? But the reality is, is that we kind of see our insecurities as a little bit of a hopeless situation. And our scripture says that be anxious for nothing. And we're constantly on this foundation of insecurity. Therefore, we're anxious every circumstance that doesn't line up either with the word of God or our expectation. And we start to question the validity of scripture or the validity of God's word. And we, start, and we, sit, we sit there and, and we go through this thing of, well, God, you know, I'm looking at my, are you really a provider because it seems like, God, I'm just, I'm, just show, I'm just telling you what it seems like. It seems like you, you don't really want to provide for me because I'm in lack. What's going on? Our insecure, our, the lie that I'm believing is defining my identity and undermining my security in who God says I am. He says that I'm a prince of the most high king, that I can call on him and whatever I ask will be done for me. It's not a place of a manipulation like, God, I want, it's not just this blab and grab type stuff. It's like, God, I, your word says that you want to provide for your children. So I'm calling down that provision. But see, when I have a world, when I have a viewpoint that God does not want to provide for me, I start speaking that out. And so here's the thing. Sorry, Tom, I did not give you enough time. My bad, I need that table, I'll help you. Here, Grandpa, can you help me real quick? Can you help me? Or Howie, whichever one. Just need to take this on stage. Oftentimes, I am a visual learner. So, I'm gonna show you, thank you, Grandpa. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna show you kind of what this is like. Genesis 1, verse, two, uh, verse 26 and 27 is, God says, let's make man in our own image and likeness. And, give, and, and we're going to give him dominion over the earth. So God created us like this. This is our life. Then something happened. Sin happened. And we're separated from God and and sin came into the world and the Bible says that we're all conceived in sin and we have now, we go from having a godly nature to a human nature which is rooted in sin. And what happens is, is we go through life and things start to happen. And we start to believe lies. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not good looking enough. No one's going to love you after the second divorce. No one's going to love you after that bankruptcy. No one's going to trust you. No one views you as trustworthy. And just what begins to happen is, is people's opinions and the devil's lies start
start to take up space. And what begins to happen is we, this is our mindset. This becomes our default. So when circumstances seem to not line up with the word of God or what we know to be true about God, we go to this. God, you obviously aren't a provider because you're not providing for me right now. God, you obviously don't care. You, you're, do you actually want to heal me? And so what we start doing is we start filling up our mindset and we start filling up our spirit with everything else besides what God has said. And this becomes just slowly but surely, it fills us to the top. Didn't drop one. Awesome. And so what happens is, is what used to be made to hold his presence and glory is filled with the opinions of others. It is filled with the identity that humanity wants to say instead of what God wants to say and what God has said. And see, here's the thing is, is that we're supposed to be a vessel, like what I did there, that's a vase. You know, that's a ve we're supposed to be a vessel of the Holy Spirit so that when people look at us, they see, they see God. But because of our insecurity, because of the insecurity that's rooted in lies about our identity, we look like, we look like that. And so, this, I think this is a pretty, bless you. I think this is a pretty potent illustration of what God wants to do versus what's actually happening in our life. And see, what happens is, is the, our text says that, that God wants to be full of peace. God wants us to call on his peace. What's funny about that word peace in, the, in, in, in verse 7 is, is he says, where is it at? There you go. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. That word peace is the actual word shalom. That means the peace that is defined by God's nature. Because they are willing to say, it's not just peace. It's the thing that not, God doesn't just have peace. He is peace. So when he, when he says that the peace of God, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by power and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Verse 8. Verse 8. We're going to end here in verse 8 and 9. We're going to stay here for a while, for a little bit. Finally, this is at the end of the book. Last words are really important. So he says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, let's stop there. He knew, Paul knew the nature of people is going to question whether something is praiseworthy or is pure of nature. So he throws those two things in and says, look it, if it's good, if it's pure and of God, it's praiseworthy. He says, 
meditate on these things. That word meditate, Pastor John has talked about, my dad, I hate calling him that. My dad has talked about in Joshua where it talks about how God is talking to Joshua and he says meditate. And he talked about how that is a, uh, it's called davening and it's this act of ro rocking back and forth. You see this at the wailing wall and things like that. We have this, uh, we have this really bad misconception about meditation because unfortunately, you know, Eastern religions and New Age and things like that have kind of hijacked that word. But for centuries, biblical meditation has been a crucial part of the Christian faith, but it works completely opposite than everything else. Eastern and, and different religions is, is saying that meditation is the emptying of the mind. This is literally talking about filling the mind with his word, with his presence, with his worship. Because if you empty it, all you have is an empty vessel. And you're going to be thirsty again. And you're going to need, need, need something else. But when you fill it with him, you'll be satisfied You'll have everlasting life. You'll have, you'll have these things. Of, it's, empty, it's, it's emptying out of your thought process and filling it with him. And so here's the problem. Is that here's not the problem. Here's the challenge is oftentimes we go, God, okay, God, how do I do that? Okay, I know I need to read your Bible. I know that I need to be a part of community. I know I need to, I need to pray and worship. But see, sometimes those are the Christian answers and we, we know the importance of them, but do we actually know the effect of those things? This is really heavy, just so you know. See, what happens is these things are kind of tightly in there. And what we do is we go, okay, God, I'll give you, I'll give you X amount of time. I'll give you a week. You know what, I'm gonna, I'll read my Bible and pray. See, nothing happened. I still struggle with the same things. I've read your word. But see, anything worth doing is worth doing consistently. Anything that's worth doing is worth doing consistently without an immediate result. What about, like, how many have ever gone on a diet? How many have ever gone on a diet for a week and gained weight? How many have ever gone on a diet and actually felt worse? Do a juice cleanse. It's fun. But here's the thing, is that anything that's worth doing is worth doing consistently. So it says, God, I am going to do this without expectation. I'm going to do this. A lot of people go, go I don't know, you know. I used to say this all the time. It's, it's I well, I, I'll, I'll read my Bible, but I want to get something out of it. And every time, I just don't get anything out of it. Tell me, did you eat breakfast six months ago today? Most likely. Let me say this. Did you eat at all six months ago today? Most likely. Do you remember what it was? Most likely not, but you know it nourished you. See, here's the thing, guys, is that what we have to do is we have to get over ourselves for a minute and go, God, I'm just going to let you work. And I'm just going to keep pouring. I'm going to keep, you know what? I'm going to start, I'm just going to keep going. God, I'm going to, I'm going to keep going until, you know what? Whether I see results, whether I see whatever I need. See, 
this is where usually I stop. I was better than I was. But see, there's still some stuff in me. There's still some things. See, the things at the bottom, it's going to take a lot more than what I have. It's going to take a lot more than just my occasional reading the Bible. See, the attack of the enemy is so much more than what we usually respond to in our private life with God. And then we sit there and we kind of question, we go, God, what are, are you working in my life? He goes, I, I, I want to, I am. Don't stop. So what, what we have to do is we have to get to a point where we're like, you know what, God? I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let these lies get deep-rooted out of me to a point, well, that's a bummer. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get to a point where you know what? There is more of you than what there was ever a lie. That's why we need to live in community, just saying. Wow, those don't want to get off there. So sometimes you need just the hand of God to come in and, and, and dig those out. But see, here's the thing, is now when you look at that, now when people in your life, when your boss goes, man, you used to be a pain, but you are a joy to have. Every time I, I need someone to fill a shift, you've come in, and I love it when you're in here. Whenever your neighbor needs something, you're like, you know what, I'll do it for you. What is he seeing? He's seeing the Holy Spirit in you, through you, working out things that you could have never worked out. Your default setting sometimes may be to, you know what, no, I don't wanna do that, or no, I'm not going to pray, or no, we have to reboot and get a new default. And the only way we're gonna do that is by pouring more of him in our life. And here's the great thing. The great thing is, is that, look it, this doesn't mean lies won't come. But guess what? Nothing sticks, Whoop, if I had a good aim. Even if something does, it's just surface level. Hey God, I, this is really bugging me. God, I, I need your help in this. Okay, not a problem. God, this, this thing keeps coming back. It's all right, it's okay. But see, then what, we, we get to a point where we're so full of him that, God, we, I can be secure no matter what my circumstances are. God, yeah, you know what? Right now, money's a little tight. Yep, but I know that you own the cattle on the thousand hills. God, you, money, you, you make such an extravagant display of your wealth and love that you pave the streets of heaven with gold. What, be, what goes under our feet is nothing for you. God, what you have called me to be is greater. Do you notice how these have no choice but to float. The lies that you have believing, the lies that I believe, have
have no choice but to get rooted out when I pour his presence on it. It has no choice. The choice that I have is I have to keep going. I have to not allow, I have to not allow my insecurities to be so comfortable that I don't recognize the, the work that God is doing in my life. My, and I'll just, be, I'll just be really honest. I, I, I feel that you guys get that I'm being honest with you. Is the fact that I, there are times where I'm like, where I, literally, I can literally walk off this stage and go, God, am I, like, am I, am I good enough? Am I, am I, God, are, are, God, do you, do you see, it's not even this thing of, oh, I need God to see me. It's, God, am I, am I the man, am I a good man and a biblical, strong, spiritual man enough to lead anyone? And these are the things, these are the things that my insecurities, but I, how I run from that is I go, God, I, I look at that insecurity, I go, that is the dumbest thing anybody could ever think. Of course. God, because you've called me. I have a calling on my life. And God, you are going to work in me and through me. God, you are a provider when even though my, my circumstances don't match. God, you love me even though I feel unlovely and unloved. But we have to, we have to keep looking at the things that are worthy of meditation, the things that are worthy of his praise. Look at, we have to live in community and build one another up. We have to create a culture of encouragement. We have to create a culture where it says, you know what? No, yeah, you have some bumps, but I love them anyway. I look past them, not because I'm just, oh, I'm just this super spiritual person, but because I see, we need to start calling the gold. It's easy. It's easy to be critical. It's easy to sit there and go, oh yeah, you, you, yeah, you really messed up there. That's easy. It takes courage and strength to say, you know what? I see that. We don't, we're, not, we're not sweeping sin under the rug, but what we're saying is God's grace and love is bigger than that. And keep going, keep pouring it out. Because every time we run to the fountain of, of, of life. Jesus is talking to the woman at the well and he says, you know, I'll give you water that will give you everlasting life. You'll never have to get a drink. It's because this, that, that's a lady that had, had some ping pong balls in her jug. She had some issues. But he says, look at the stuff that I got pushes all that aside. Does that, does that, does this, is this making sense? Are you guys good? So I just, wanna, I just wanna close in prayer and I just want everybody to bow your heads and close your eyes. And specifically, if you, if you are, if you maybe be in this room and, and I just want you to be a little bit vulnerable and, and, and take, a, take a risk and say, you know what? I have been struggling with anxiety and I'm, and I'm coming to find out that my anxiety is not just rooted in my circumstance, but it's actually rooted in my insecurity. And it's, it's actually rooted in stuff that I didn't realize was in there. If you would be so bold and vulnerable to stand up and let us pray with you.
Father God, I just, right, what I want you to do right now is if you're standing next to someone, if you're sitting next to someone who's standing, I don't care where you are across the room, I want you to go. And if you're in a group, put your hand on one another's shoulders. But I want, this is a, this is a church that we do life together. And so I want you to go up to that person. I want you to put your hand on their shoulder and just, I'm gonna, I, you know, there's nothing else you have to do. I'm gonna be praying over the group and we're gonna, we're gonna believe, that this is a sign of community and this is a sign that says we're in this together. We're in this together. So Father God, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray right now, I break off every ounce of anxiety right now. God, every tie, everything that's rooted deep inside of us, God, every time we question our validity, every time we question the gifting that God has given us, God, every time that we, 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 we our, our circumstances do not, do not match what your word says and we begin to question, God, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus and I replace that with the living water of God. And I pray your Holy Spirit on that. God, right now, begin to uproot those things and let them float to the surface and blow away right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you for what you're gonna do in and through your people right now. God, I pray for a strong people. I pray for a confident people, not in themselves, God, but a confidence in you. God, that a God confident may rise up right now in the name of Jesus, that when we leave here, God, we do not question what you have called us to do in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Guys, I, I, I thank you so much for letting me speak to you. And I just pray, you guys, we're, our prayer team is gonna come up and, and if you have any need or anything like that that you need additional prayer for, please come and see them. They would love to pray with you. Um, as of right now, you guys are free to go. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.